And everybody know what today is? Sunday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's perception of the obvious is downright uncanny, but <laughs> Sunday, yeah, Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, no less. I, uh, yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? 50 days after the resurrection is Pentecost Sunday. It was amazing worship, wasn't it? I just think as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday and the things that I'm expecting as we get to the end of Pentecost Sunday, I need to talk a little bit about the reason for Pentecost Sunday. And we saw it up there as Jesus, 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 Jesus. Talk about Jesus a little bit this morning. I just was taking a trip back, I mean, through the Gospels again, just studying, reading, soaking. It's like, oh my goodness, I felt like I had so much to say, so much to say this morning, and I'm just about overwhelmed with, with all that I feel like that I have, some of the new revelation that he's, that he's shown me, I almost have a hard time figuring out which way to go first. Um, but it's so much about Jesus. So much about you. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Again, Jesus. Jesus. We love you. We praise you. you. (laughs) There's power power. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. There's healing healing. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. There's freedom freedom. in the power power of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you this morning, and I just say, (laughs) Holy Spirit, this is your day. We just want to celebrate you, and we just say, have your way on your day. In the name of Jesus. Let's <clears throat> yes, let's let's start in Luke. Uh, Luke three twenty one. When all the people were baptized, now John the Bapti- John the Baptist was just baptizing like crazy. Uh, baptizing repentance, 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 baptizing people into repentance. And as he was baptizing and throngs of people were coming and being baptized, we'll start right there. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit Everybody say, Holy Spirit. This is your day. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, 
which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. But the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon Jesus when he was baptized. And that... Okay. I'm going to talk <laughs> even more about, about Jesus. Jesus came to be our Savior. He came to earth, one of the words says, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to be our Redeemer. Jesus came. Jesus came to be the example for us to show us that the, a man in the flesh, even though he was fully God, fully man, a man in the flesh who chose to live and limit himself to manhood and flesh. We all got that? He chose to come to earth to be our example by limiting himself to his manhood and to his flesh. Okay? This, everybody agreed here? Okay, Jesus. We're going to be talking about, about Jesus the man here for a little bit. Jesus the man went, was baptized, and John the Baptist was a witness to, and those standing around were a witness to heaven opening, hearing the voice, being able to see into heaven and hear the voice, <clears throat> and seeing the Holy Spirit come down, settle on Jesus in the form of a dove. Like, how cool would that be to see? And in John 1.32, it says the Holy Spirit came down, settled like a dove in the form of a dove on Jesus, and it remained. Everybody say remained. It is so important that we have Holy Spirit in our lives, and the Holy Spirit remains. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit settled on Jesus. Jesus, the man who was being baptized, fully God, chose to live his life to be our example of flesh as a man. I've said that three times now. That should be good, huh? So Jesus absolutely had a soul, right? As a man, Jesus had a soul. And the Spirit of God came and rested on him. It's like Holy Spirit, heaven opened, Holy Spirit came down, rested on Jesus. Everybody got to see and to witness that, that heaven opened. Heaven opened, Holy Spirit came down, and Jesus received Holy Spirit on him. And what does Holy Spirit represent? Power. Power, power, power. And Jesus' ministry began. I feel like that's something that, that is really incredibly important for us to have established in our minds that he chose to come as a man <laughs> with the limitations of a man being fully God, having the choice to be able to do something different. 
And there's a point in, the, in, in here, I mean, there's more than one uh, place where he says, I only do what I see the Father do, what I hear the Father say. Right? We're all familiar with that, right? And then there's a point where the, the, his soul and body were crying out because he knew what was coming, and he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus had a, a, not only spirit, the spirit in him, Holy Spirit come on him, Spirit of God, Spirit of God wrapped in flesh to start with, but Holy Spirit coming on him to empower him through his flesh to accomplish the will of the Father. It's like, Pastor Lynn, you are really hammering this because I think it's so significant. It's really huge to us to realize that. His soul cried out, like, no, no, no. If there's any way that this cup could pass from me, could you let it pass from me, God? But regardless, your will be done, not mine. So with the power of the Holy Spirit, I mean, last week I was just, I was talking about love, love, and how we get to love, and we are to be the light of the world. And the bottom line is it's by the power working in us that empowers us Scripture says, you will be endued, Jesus said. We'll, in fact, we'll read this again later in, in order here. You will be endued with power from on high when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be endued with power from on high when Holy Spirit's come upon you to accomplish what I've called you to do. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to continue in Luke. Um, Luke 4, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like, so we've watched heaven open and Holy Spirit come down, settle on Jesus, and then we go down to verse 4 and it said, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, so what do we have the option to do once we believe we'll be baptized and there's this promised gift be baptized and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit that promised gift of the Holy Spirit and Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by this by what spirit within him led by the spirit into the wilderness let's go to 414 14 through 21 then Jesus returned in the power of the in the power of the spirit to Galilee all the time all of this time as we're talking about by the spirit by the spirit we're talking about a man who has resigned himself to spend his time his 33 32 however many years that he was here as a man limited to the flesh, but by being led by the Spirit of God in him and on him. We all good still? All make sense? Awesome. Okay, well, I would like to move to Luke 8, 43, yeah, probably we'll go from 43 through... 48. 
Now a woman, having a flow of blood... Now a woman, having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by anybody, none of the physicians could end up healing her, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped, immediately healed by Jesus. And where did that power come from to heal? What? Awesome. Power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, as we saw it come upon Jesus. The heaven opened, Holy Spirit came upon him, settled on him, and remained. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she became trembling, she fell down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, be of good cheer, your faith has made you well. So go in peace. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing how people can end up drawing on the power of the Holy Spirit in each one of us. And it, I was talking with, with Beth, with Christy, I talked with, with a few people about feeling. You know, when, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and when we operate in the Holy Spirit, and we understand where our power comes from, and the authority that we have, and the power that we have when we're filled and endued with power, when we're wrapped up, when we have Holy Spirit inside, and Holy Spirit power that has come upon us, that we can end up being the conduit for the power of God the conduit for the power of God, yet we can actually feel and sense. I'm like a show of hands of how many people have been able to lay hands on or, or have been a part of a healing and they actually felt that happen as, as it... <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's just like, that's a, that's a really cool thing when, when you feel that the power of God has gone through you and been imparted into somebody that you, all you were was the messenger that got to deliver that really good news to somebody because he's the one that did the healing, but we got to be the conduit that it went through. It's like, oh, that's just, that's just it's just good stuff. And that people sometimes, when we're not even really, I guess I have to say, you don't have to get all worked up for that. You don't have to get all worked up for that. Sometimes he can just draw it right. They can draw it right out of you. Uh, I remember kind of a kind of a goofy thing. We were at, at Bethel, and everybody is worshiping, and it is always crowded there. And just thinking about some of the weird thoughts that I have, like it's like I see I'm I'm back and I'm kind of in a corner, and I see Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin and they're 
they're worshiping. They're in the front row. That's where they sit, stand now because they're, they're standing. And I thought, I wonder if I could just make my way through this really crowd of people. How many of you have been to Bethel and have worshiped up front there at Bethel? Yeah, it's really crowded, isn't it? I mean, so I remember just doing the, just kind of. So the next thing I was like, I was standing next to Bill John just to see if I could. And for probably the biggest reason was just a curiosity thing because we have security and I think about security. I see, I wonder how close I could just get to him if anybody's watching. So I found myself just standing like right next to him. And there's Chris and it's like, huh, it's not that hard. So, <laughs> so but... But it took a while. It was probably like second or third song before I got there. But I'm just thinking that this poor woman who ended up drawing on the power of Jesus by just by touching the hem of his garment, he wasn't just ministering there. He was in transit. He was, he was, he was walking. He was, there was a big group of people that were surrounding him. And she had to not only... She came up behind him to do it. At least that's what I believe. But she had to work her way through that crowd, and she wasn't feeling that great anyway. And finally, to get to that point that she could actually touch the hem of his garment. It's like that, that was not just an easy thing for her to do. There was some, some work involved, and then all of a sudden, it's like, who did that? It's like, oh, could you imagine being in her shoes? Uh, 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 uh. But I have to tell the truth, and my testimony was incredible. He said, your faith has made you well. Go, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are what all of us are actually called to do is be filled with the Holy Spirit, endued with power from on high, make ourselves available to be that conduit that Jesus can work through to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out lepers, cast out lepers. No, heal lepers, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons. <laughs> we don't want any lepers in here. It's like, that's, what, that's what we have security for. You know? uh. <laughs> keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Back on track, back on track. Let's, uh, let's go to Matthew 27, please, Linda. We're talking now about, we're going to get like resurrection time. Jesus has been crucified. He's already gone through the gone through the process where it was not my will, Lord, but your will be done. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to suffer. I'm ready to go through this. A time of anxiety the night before. Of so, so, so his, his, his will coming, coming to surface again. God, could you spare me from this? If you can't, not my will, but your will be done. I'm willing to go through this. He's gone through it. Now, and, and when he cried his last cry, cried out on the cross, then. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. 
Then behold, the veil of the temple, that's like a four-inch thick curtain that separated the holy of holies from the holy place, which was what housed the presence of God. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the very bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. But as, as heaven opened, as we saw when Jesus was baptized, and heaven opened and the Holy Spirit came down, now Jesus has been the sacrifice that has created for us the opportunity to go into the Holy of Holies through the blood of Jesus. As the curtain was, I say, the, the, the veil was rent, the curtain was torn from top to bottom, leaving access, not just for the priests, but for anyone to end up having access. That was the physical manifestation in the temple that was seen. And the representation of Jesus on the cross was that giving us the opportunity. The word says, he, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. By his blood sacrifice, we've been cleansed, we've been made whole, and we've been given access to the Holy of Holies. Matthew 27, 51, please. We just got 27, 51. Okay, let's go to Hebrews now. Hebrews 10, 10. By that will, uh, I don't really have time to do a bunch of background to this. I want way more things I want to get to. So by that will, the will, we have been sanctified through the offering of, of the body of Jesus Christ. We have been sanctified. It was talking about, you know, the blood sacrifices, the blood sacrifices once a year. You know, the blood sacrifice for the atonement for sin, you know, was, was death and blood of an animal. Now, that, that no longer is necessary because what God's plan and Jesus submitting to the will of God, by submitting to that will, Jesus going through what he went through, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And Hebrews 10:14, skipping down to 14. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Yeah, we could read that together again. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And who are they? They are we. They are us. Those who are being sanctified have been perfected forever through that offering. Now, fast forward down to 1020. By a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So as the curtain was torn with the earthquakes and all in the temple, the flesh of Jesus had been 
rent had been torn. He took such a beating, the flesh on his back, the blood that he, that he bled, his shredded back, representing that veil by the blood of Jesus, by the bodily sacrifice he made of his flesh, we have access to the most holy place. I'd like to turn to, let's jump to Ephesians now. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 30 and 32. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's like when we have this Holy Spirit, this, this Holy Spirit that Jesus died for, this Holy Spirit that Jesus had. Now, when he was alive, Jesus was the presence. He was the living presence of God. It was on him. It was in him. So all of the disciples that were around him got to experience. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if oftentimes, because people were so drawn to him, that like Moses, his face probably, probably glowed. A lot of the time, when you imagine Jesus and what he looked like when he was walking the earth with Holy Spirit and the, the Holy Spirit landed on him, came and wrapped around him, endued him with power from on high and remained and remained. So he probably just like walked around with a smile, just glowing most of the time, which attracted, attracted people to him. But I, I believe that whoever he selected, when he ended up choosing, you know, you don't ever hear of him saying, you know, I want you to come and be my disciple. I want you to be a fisher of men. Nobody rejected him. They all were just drawn right to him because of the Holy Spirit in him and on him. He was so attractive, they just couldn't resist. And that's what we're called to be. I was talking last week about us being the light of the world that we'd let that light shine bright so people are attracted to it. So Jesus brought the first 12, and he would teach them, he would instruct them, he led by example, teaching them all that he wanted them to do. Then when he turned them loose to send them out, he gave them power. Power, power, power. Holy Spirit, power. He passed it on. He not only sent the first 12, he added 70 to that later, and he sent those 70 out, and he had given power. And when they came back, we're not going to go into those scriptures, but when they came back, he sent them out, kind of like when we do a treasure hunt. Everybody gets together, we, we pray, we rally up, send them out, come back and share their testimonies. And they were so excited when they came back, and they were talking among themselves, and they came to him and said, 
Jesus, you're not going to believe that we even had power over all of the evil spirits. Everything that we did, we had power over. And he said, you know, that's awesome. That's awesome. But let's don't just celebrate the power that you've been given. Celebrate because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're going to be going to heaven. And so, so that power, the power that accompanies the gospel and our belief in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, you know, is something that's important. It's something that's incredible. But even the most important thing is that our love, that we accept his love, that we return his love, that we're obedient to whatever he's calling us to do. Not just celebrating the power that we have through the gift that we carry. Uh, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21. When uh, this, this first one that I was, was talking about, see, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And we really, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us, to lead us. And when we do things like we just read back there, when there's malice, when there's hatred, when there's unforgiveness, something that absolutely grieves the Holy Spirit because one of the things that we had even talked about last week is like love one another, that you love one another. Jesus prayed, you know what? Let these disciples of mine, I think in John 17, he's praying, Father, You've loved me, I've done, I've kept the ones that you gave me. And now I pray, Father, that they would love each other as you and I have loved each other. That they would love each other as you and I have loved each other. In fact, Father, that they would become one like you and I have become one. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, this is, how did Jesus, how were Jesus and the Father one? Have you ever thought about how Jesus and the Father were one? And how, like in John 14, 19, 20, 21, Jesus said, those who love me keep my commands. I'll manifest myself to them. And I'm in my Father. My Father is in me. And then he said, you're in me and I'm in you. So Jesus in us, us in Jesus, Jesus in the Father, the Father in Jesus. And we know that there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the, are, are the three, we'll just call it the Godhead, Right? And that there is, when we look, uh, it says, one God, one spirit, I mean, one God, one faith, one spirit. It's like, huh, okay. So we know that there are three separate manifestations, three, uh, Jesus has gone to sit at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Praise to the Father. Jesus only does what he sees the Father do, says what he's seen the Father say. So we know that there's some separation, some physical separation there because he's on earth, right? 
So how in the world? It's like, oh, oh, this is really simpler than I thought. I, I, I finally get it. We're in, we are in Jesus, Jesus in us. We're in God, God in us, because Jesus is in God and Holy Spirit. Because we all have one thing in common as believers. And that's just what we're talking about, is Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in Tim. The same Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in me. The same Spirit is the one that God promised and sent. That's the Spirit of God. So how is God living? <laughs> how is God in me? In fact, he goes on later in, uh, in the 14th chapter of John that says, My Father and I will come and build our home in you. It's like, well, how does that happen? It's like, okay, because the same Spirit that Jesus has is the same Spirit that God has, is the same Holy Spirit is going to be building His home in us. And then He goes on to say, let them be one as we are one, Father. Now, how does that happen? It's because we all have the same Spirit when we're led and we are guided by that same Spirit, we become one in the unity of the Spirit. Does this make sense? So how do we become one? We become one in the... <laughs> one in, because we love one another. That we, through the bond of love... And the unity in the Spirit. The bond of love and unity in the Spirit. By having that unity, by each of us being filled with the Holy Spirit, endued with power from high on high by the Holy Spirit, we are drawn together, we are kept together, because that power working in us develops into love, into patience, into all of the fruits of the Spirit. So indeed we can become one in the Spirit. Does that make sense to everybody? Is that palatable to everybody? <laughs> Good. Well, that was a little side trail track. Where were we last? Can you help me, Linda? So do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So, awesome, awesome. It's like... We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. I, I, I need to talk about this just a little bit before we jump to there. Now I'm back. Um, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is very sensitive. And for us to be, I even think it's a, it remained. on It came and settled on Jesus and remained. John says, and it remained. As we... Uh, carry, we're endued 
wrapped up in the Holy Spirit. One thing we don't want to do is, is, is grieve that Holy Spirit by our actions, by our activities. So it's something knowing that we're carrying that precious Spirit of God makes us walk a little bit differently. I was thinking of being in the Dominican Republic and watching some of the little short ladies over there with big old baskets on their head, thinking, how in the world do they walk carrying that? Quite circumspectly, very carefully, as, as they carry that. And I was thinking, you know, we are carriers of the Holy Spirit, so we need to be a little bit careful how we walk, because we carry the power, we carry the authority, we also carry the sensitivity of that Holy Spirit. And we don't want to do anything that grieves the Holy Spirit, do we? No, because He loves us, He's there to be our comforter. We want the things that we do to be grieve-proof. Okay, so we don't want to grieve Holy Spirit. And He is most grieved when He sees what's happening among His children if they start to fight that they can't get their differences settled and just love each other. Okay, and we don't want to quench the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we quench the power of the Holy Spirit? I think, you know, when, uh, when you go turn the hose on and you want to go water plants, they got a gazillion plants around our house now. And you go dragging the, you go dragging that, that hose. You know that water's coming out once you've turned the, the spout on. That there's water coming out that, that hose. And so you go dragging it around, and it's like, uh oh, there's no water coming out. I know the spout was turned on because there's unlimited power in the Holy Spirit. That spout doesn't just turn off. Well, what in the world happened? I have to go back and follow the hose. Like, oh. The way that I was handling the hose, I put a kink in it. So I had to go back, uncoil or, or, or whatever to take that kink out of the hose to get that full flow out of it to end up being able to water the, the plants with my hose. Hmm. With me still? Okay. Yeah, Second Timothy one, six and seven. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, Paul laid hands on Timothy and Timothy was filled with the Holy Spirit. That that gift what came within him. He was saved. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we have to stir that gift up in how we handle it and how we maintain it. We can have a gift that just sits dormant for a long time if we don't stir it up ourselves. We have some responsibility and that's stirring that gift up. With me? And sometimes, sometimes you just need to really get engaged in worship and He will stir that gift up for you. Stir that gift up next. Would be Ephesians, yes, 
now that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. It's like that we have got a spirit, a spirit in our mind that, that has to be right, that has to be corrected, that has to be in line with what Holy Spirit. See, we have a gift in us that if we don't pay attention to it, if we don't stir it up, our mind can take off and do something completely different. We have to have alignment between our spirit, our soul, our mind, into alignment, into alignment. We touched on that a little bit uh, last Sunday. Okay. Um, Ephesians 4, 22, 24. Is that where we just were? Go to Second Timothy. We'll just go to Second Timothy and figure out. Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he said, "For he, talking about God, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power." He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, I, I like, I looked at about a couple other translations even this morning. It's like power, love, and self-control. It's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. So he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So where does the spirit of fear come from? If our mind is controlled by a spirit, it's going to be a spirit of power, love, and self-control, or a spirit of... And where does that spirit come from? The enemy. That does not come from God. Fear does not come from God. Fear does not come from God. He says about a gazillion times, fear not, fear not, for I'm with you. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Because I have given you a spirit of power, of love, and of a self-control, sound mind, self-control. Now, can we get to Ephesians 4, 22 and 24 if we didn't already do that? Okay, that you put off the former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to you. Got that. So let's go to Acts 1, verse 8. You shall receive power. This is Jesus. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Luke 24, verse 49. 
Behold, I send the promise of my Father, this is Jesus again, upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, power. Power. Everybody say with me, power. That power working in us to accomplish whatever he calls us to do, that power working in us to turn into just real love machines that he teaches us to love because of the power working in us, to understand one another, to be able to forgive one another's sins. Power, power, power. Power to kick out demons, power to heal the sick, power to raise the dead, power to cleanse the lepers. So we'll go to Acts 2.38. Peter preached this rousing, rousing sermon when the Holy Spirit came. Like, let's, we, have time to, we have time to read the uh, Holy Spirit. Linda, let's go to read about Holy Spirit. Second chapter. Now when the day of Pentecost, which is today, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem a bunch of devout men of every different kind. There was a whole bunch of different, speaking different languages. And uh, they, they began to speak and they all heard them speaking in their own languages. And they thought, wow, these guys must be drunk. What in the world is happening? Peter stepped out of there, filled with the Holy Spirit. Each one of them had tongues of fire on their head. They each had received the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues coming out of there, filled, charged up with the Holy Spirit. Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and said to him, you know what? These men are not drunk as you think they are. It's the third hour, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Maidservants and on my maidservants and maid... On my men servants and on my maidservants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth below, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great day, notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, once the, once the people heard this, they, after Peter stood up and he, he preached all this to them, and talked about the Lord being crucified, they said, what must we do to be saved? We understand this. Our hearts have been pierced. What do do we need to do to be saved? 
And Peter said to them, Repent, every one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Let's stand together. Yeah. The Holy Spirit absolutely is available to anyone that wants this morning. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've not been endued with power on high, you know, speaking in tongues is something that's amazing. I've, I've gone back into the prayer room back there and had 25 or 30 people set a chair up in the middle and everybody surrounding speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and that heavenly language feels like you just be lifted up on a cloud, that you're just lifted up and presented before the Holy of Holies as you just rise up on a cloud of those speaking in tongues back there. But tongues is not the goal. Tongues is not the goal. It is being filled with that, being endued with power from on high that we can do, that we can accomplish whatever he's called us to do. And that being filled with that Holy Spirit is a whole nother level of, of connection that we have where we can hear the voice very clearly. We can hear his voice. We can experience what he has for us. I think of even talking about when when we absolutely get to pray for people, when we become that conduit, you know, you're not going to really be that conduit, that effective conduit until you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, until he's wrapped you up in his arms, in his power, and filled you to overflowing with his Holy Spirit. I say that's available this morning. That's available this morning. That's what he wants for you this morning. Renee, why don't you come up here? I just really feel like uh, when, when I gave my life to the Lord, <laughs> I was 19 years old. That's like 50 years ago now. Yeah, that's a stretch. That's longevity right there. But it took almost 20 years before I actually, over 20 years, probably 25 years before I was filled with the, with the Holy Spirit and came to the understanding of what it is like to have the confidence of knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved, that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that He's given me authority, and that He's given me the power to trample on snakes and, and scorpions and, uh, and kick out demons. It's like, yes. So that's what He wants for all of us. That's what He wants for all of us. That's what He's got for you. And I just want Renee to, to, to share some and to start to make some declarations and even to pray. Holy Spirit. She was filled with the Holy Spirit from the time she was probably eight or ten years old. And uh, I just came to know and understand that much, 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 much later. Just right now, I think if you just hold out your hands, because the Lord wants to fill this place.
He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He loves you. And honestly, I received this Holy Spirit in a little storefront church that my mom and dad were pastoring. But I was so scared I was going to go to hell that I, I wanted it so bad, whatever I had to do. And, but the Lord was so kind and so tender that he filled me with the Holy Spirit and gave me holy boldness. And it, the gift is, of God is for you. And so I believe today that you are going to start feeling right now. Just open up your heart. Say, Jesus, I invite you, Lord Jesus, to fill me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, God. Clean me, God. I've, lately, I've just, I've been repenting of anything that God brings to my attention. Sometimes, you know, there'll be a block that comes and you don't feel the presence of God like you have in the past. But just say, God, just cleanse me right now. I repent of anything that's not honoring you, Jesus. I want to make more room for you, Jesus. Lord, I, I wonder sometimes what they were praying in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. And so I just think right now, just start worshiping the Lord right now. Just thank Him for everything that you can think of in your life. We are so blessed to live in the United States of America. We are so blessed to live in the state of Idaho. And we, we have no idea some of the things that... Uh, we are being privileged right now and I believe right now that this world needs people that are spirit filled I have friends that are so hungry that they just they just want to be with you they want to have a conversation with you because they can feel the Holy Spirit and Lord I thank you Jesus for such a time as this God that you would fill us so powerfully with the Holy Spirit God that we would become so bold Lord Jesus, that we would be so courageous, oh God, in this world, that we would stand up for righteousness. We would stand up for truth. We would fight for our children and our children's children for a thousand generations. Thank you, Lord. We know the plan of the enemy is to take, wipe us out. But Lord, your plan is, Lord, that we might have everlasting life full of you, Jesus. And God, I thank you, Jesus, right now for just settling in on us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I had, a, I had a, a picture, I wouldn't necessarily say a vision, but a picture of like one of my favorite places to get a hamburger is Jack's Drive-In. Most of the time I'm driving. So I set it up on my console. I set those french fries. I get a ranch burger and fries. I set it up there and I love the sauce. So I'm driving and I, and my wife fix, fixes me up in nice shirts all the time. And thinking of like, I was wearing a white shirt. It's like, okay. I feel like this is a picture of a white shirt. And man, that's really not good healthy food but I sure like that I like that ranch burger and I really like that fry sauce and I 
put it to my mouth a couple of times. It's like, oh, that's good. So I grab three French fries and dip it in there, really get a bunch of that sauce, and throw it into my mouth, chew it up a little bit. Then I get home, and it's like, what happened? What are you talking about? It's like, man, you got those big spots on your shirt. It's like, well, I didn't even see that. I, I, I wasn't looking there. It's like, but she can take care of that. She can throw it in and she can clean it up and I can have it just looking like brand new. I can put on a clean white shirt again. I just feel like sometimes we can end up not even, not even quite really realizing that what we've done and we've, this, we're supposed to be a bride without spot or wrinkle and that we can get that cleaned right up. All we have to do is just hand it over and we get it cleaned right back up. So this morning as we're, we're just asking, you know, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and fill us to overflowing. Some of the scriptures that we talked about, you know, it's like, man, maybe we have somebody that we need to forgive. Maybe we have something that we need to, to be asking forgiveness, something that we need to clean up a little bit. And all we have to do is clean it up to get the full flow going again so the hose doesn't have a kink in it. You know, we can, we, we can end up getting our hose kinked. And all we got to do is take that shirt in, we, it, we throw it in, get it cleaned up, and we get to put on it completely. All of the marks, all of the stains are all gone, and we get the white shirt back on again. Thank you, Jesus.